Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast. I'm Ted Plint, your host, and it's been 20 years, but finally, the last American military plane left Afghanistan, ending, some say, the 20-year U.S. war in Afghanistan. But you know something? Lindsey Graham was on one of the Sunday shows this weekend, and he said it's not over. It's far from over. Our involvement in Afghanistan, the war has entered another phase. Because as you know, the uh, the Biden withdrawal, and I think everybody's having withdrawal of this administration, has been a disaster. And there's so much here to, to pick apart, and it's easy to be a, a Monday morning quarterback. But the president, the biggest thing, I think, one of the biggest things is we left, I say we, $85 billion worth of weaponry in Afghanistan. Why would a U.S. president leave all that weaponry to our enemies? It's treasonous. Was it a mistake? You know, I was watching uh, Diamond and Silk on Newsmax over the weekend. Those two gals are great. They're hotter now than ever. And I did. I interviewed them maybe two, three years ago when I had a, a radio show in Albany. And they said, you know, we this is the United States of America. We have the most powerful military the world has ever known. We need to go in there, get all those arms that I just mentioned, the transport planes, the guns, the night vision goggles, the drones, the Humvees, all of it. Just go in there and drive these pieces of crap. They're descendants from the seventh century. Drive them into the woods, into the hills where they belong. And we need to get our military back. We need to get all the Americans who want to come out of Afghanistan out of there. Now, I, you know, I read in Epic Times that the last plane has left Afghanistan, but there were still, as of yesterday, there were thousands of Americans still trapped or still in Afghanistan, whether by choice or, you know, being blocked by the Taliban, their, uh, their access out. I've read over the weekend and today, you know, all kinds of uh, people, Congress people, senators, congressmen, uh, media types calling for his resignation or his impeachment. I mean, what U.S. president would leave all that weaponry behind? Billions and billions of dollars, sophisticated weaponry in many cases, even Reuters. The headline was the Taliban's new U.S. made war chest. All planes and guns, night vision goggles. No definitive numbers, but current intelligence assessments say the Taliban are believed to control more than 2,000 armored vehicles, including U.S. Humvees, up to 40 aircraft, potentially including UH-60 Blackhawks, scout attack helicopters, and Scan Eagle military drones. It's like, are you kidding me? You know, Mo Brooks had it right. He is a uh, congressman from... Alabama, he's running for Senate next year, Senate from Alabama. And he said Joe Biden's got to either resign, be impeached, or be dragged out of office via the 25th Amendment. There's no, There are no other options for him. I mean, obviously, he's in declining health, Biden. And the Afghanistan debacle is just more evidence of it. He's allowed terrorists to take over billions of dollars of American war machinery and then use that machinery to kill Americans. He killed 13 or they did, the, the Taliban, 13 servicemen and countless other Afghan nationals. He's got to go. Not just Brooks, other people in the media and even in Congress are saying, this, this guy has got to step down. Now, if he does step down, who takes over? This was the, the plan from the get-go. This was the plan from the get-go. Get Biden in, run him as a moderate, there's nothing moderate about him or anybody in the Democrat Party. 
And then, boom, six months later, he's out or seven months, whatever. You bring in Kamala Harris. And I tell you, the, the Democrats, uh, I don't care, right down to a man and woman in Congress, uh, even at the local level, they're Bolsheviks. They're going to slide in Kamala Harris, they think, because she's a puppet of, of Nancy Pelosi. Pelosi runs the Democrat machine in California. And that's where Kamala Harris is from, San Francisco. She's part of the Democrat machine. And Pelosi runs a machine. So if Pelosi runs Harris, a President Harris, I mean, it's not, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure out what's going to go on here. Now, at some point, I think the American people are going to fight back. I mean, fight back hard. We're going to have another Tea Party because that is what is needed, a Tea Party. Now, the one in 09 was, was peaceful. The next one, whether it takes place next year or the midterms in 2024, whenever, may not be as peaceful because the left is trying to eradicate all of our liberties. They're taking a piecemeal approach. It's coming in stages. There are tipping points. And the American people are, most of them are slugs anyway. They don't know what's going on. They accept everything as well. Maybe the government knows better anyway. I'll, I'm telling you something. I don't know what's going to trigger it, but there's going to be problems in this country. If the left tries to, you know, take any more of our liberties than what they've done. I don't need to tell, I don't need to tell you what, what they've been up to using the, uh, the pandemic to just crush people's freedoms, the freedom to worship, to gather, to assemble. They shut down churches. That's not going to happen again. They're not going to shut down our church. I, I'll tell you right now. What if churches didn't close? Say the pandemic gets worse. God forbid. What if we didn't close? Whether by state mandate, whether it's the governor of New York or wherever, whatever state you're in, would they come? the feds come and shut down your, your church? I think we need to see. I really do. I think we're at that point. We need to exercise some civil disobedience. I'm not saying don't pay your taxes or go through red lights or stop signs or act lawlessly, but I think we cannot let the government again encroach on our freedoms. Because it's a, it's if they continue to do that, as Thomas Jefferson once said, tyranny has this natural tendency to uh, increase, and liberty has this natural tendency to to decrease or recede for whatever reason. But I'm getting off off topic here. Afghanistan. I mean, uh, Biden needs to go, and, and Mo Brooks said as much. He again, he's running for a Senate of Alabama. Uh, he, he said that it can end only three ways, and all three ways have Biden out of office. Either he resigns, that would be the honorable thing to do. Joe Biden has no honor, as far as I can see. He needs to resign, or we need a president who, or not or, but we need a president who shows strength and competence in the face of our geopolitical adversaries, of whom there are many. China, the Taliban, there's a connection, by the way, there's a nexus between uh, radical Islam and, and Marxism, specifically China. And the Taliban, there is a connection. I'll go into it in a, in a future show. But this president has shown, as, as Mo Brooks said, the strength of a marshmallow and the intellectual capacity and judgment of a gnat. America and the free world, and we lead the free world, we can't afford the risks of uh, somebody so vacuous in the old Oval Office. He's not fit for the job. And the people who ran him, the Democratic bigwigs, knew that he wasn't fit. And they knew that if he slid in, whether fairly and squarely or whether he, they, they cheated to get him in, which I think happened, and there's a lot of evidence to support that theory, they would eventually slide in uh, Kamala Harris. But Brooks said if, if the vice president, uh, if, if Biden doesn't resign or 
is not impeached, then uh, Harris should initiate efforts to remove Biden pursuant to the 25th Amendment. This is un- it's unreal. It's a nightmare what's happening. But I know God is greater than than e- everything and everyone. And, you know, we need to look to him and draw closer to the Lord, because I think something something is going to happen here and we're not going to like it. And Lindsey Graham, I think I mentioned, I began to mention a few minutes ago, Lindsey Graham, senator from South Carolina, was on one of the Sunday shows, and he got emotional. He said he thinks there's going to be another 9-11 type attack. It's more likely now than at any time in 20 years that we'll be attacked again. Now, is it is this a hyperbole? I don't think it is. I think we're vulnerable because I think our adversaries know that Joe Biden is an empty suit. He's got nothing left. I don't mean to demean our president. A lot of people, a lot of conservative talk show hosts are not referring to him as president because they don't believe he is a duly duly elected president. But President Biden, I think, is not fit for the position he needs to be either removed or he needs to step aside. Something has got to happen. On to another issue here. Speaking of terrorists, I can't believe we have, I think this woman is a terrorist. She certainly helps terrorists with with fundraising. This Rashida Tlaib from Michigan, Democrat, naturally. She amplified a fundraiser event for a group connected to Hamas and the Taliban. This happened just over a week ago. She retweeted a post from Khalid Bedoin seeking donations from Beit Tumal. It's a nonprofit organization based in Texas, of all places. Bedoin is a widely acclaimed critical race theorist. And this uh, Beit Tumal conducts fundraising efforts for Hamas. It provides aid from money that it raises to family members of so-called martyrs of the Palestinian people. These are people who basically blow themselves up in, in, the, uh, in the service of killing Israelis. That's what they do. Mazen Mokhtar, who leads Beitumal, has been previously linked to uh, the Taliban and other radical Islamist terrorist organizations. He was investigated back in 04 by the feds for administering a website that solicited funds for the Taliban, but he was acquitted. He was later arrested on charges of filing false tax returns. So Tlaib, again, elected congresswoman of Michigan, and that tells you about the people in that district. They would put somebody like her who's anti-American. She hates Israel. She hates Jews. She's a terrorist. She previously supported known terrorists right after she assumed office. She hosted an event for an activist who supports Hezbollah. This guy's name was Abbas Hamideh. Hamideh has repeatedly compared Israelis to Nazis publicly. Then she also shared and then unshared, when discovered, a 2020 post that used an anti-Semitic phrase commonly used by Palestinian terror groups. And here she is in Congress. So this Beitumal, this organization, nonprofit, received 10 grand in federal coronavirus emergency funding last year. According to the Middle East Forum, an organization that's associated with Hamas operating in in the Gaza Strip, they get $10,000 in federal money. That's our money. Coronavirus emergency funding. This Beitumal works with Unlimited Friends Association for Social Development, another leftist domestic Palestinian group. So the two groups work together. They distribute money to Palestinian terrorists and their families. The donations are uh, that are processed are administered with the Palestinian Authority's so-called pay-to-slay program. That program has channeled 
hundreds of millions of dollars over the years to Palestinian terrorist groups. This year, the authority directly paid $42,000 to the family of a Palestinian terrorist who killed two Israelis and stabbed a two-year-old Israeli child. That's, that's what they're in. They're in business to kill Israelis, and they get paid to do it. It's unbelievable what's happening here. On to uh, other news. I got I to gotta mention Governor Cuomo, former Governor Cuomo. It's, it's really nice to say former Governor Cuomo, isn't it? To think he's not in office. Now, I don't know much about Kathy Hochul. Excuse me, Hochul. I don't know what, what kind of governor she's going to be. I, you could say she could be better. She could be worse. I don't think she's going to be much different than, than Cuomo. She may be easier to work for. I'm, I don't know. I don't work for the governor. I don't work on the second floor of the Capitol. But I hear stories because I work in the assembly and I hear things about what went on on the second floor during the Cuomo administration. She may be better in that regard, but it's the same liberal tax and spend policies coming out of the second floor. Nothing's going to change. Fox News meteorologist Janice Dean, she's, she went after Cuomo. She was like an attack dog. She was great. I think she helped to get him out of office. Her in-laws, she, both of her in-laws, I think, caught coronavirus and died in nursing homes. But she went after the celebrities that praised Cuomo during the height of the pandemic. She called them out by name, and she wants an apology from each one of them. It's the usual cast of characters. Same, you know, you, you, you recognize these names. Whoopi Goldberg, Billy Joel, Billy Crystal, Rosie Perez, Ben Stiller, whom I love. Ben Stiller's hilarious, but he's a liberal. Chelsea Handler, Sarah Silverman, and of course Cher, who doesn't know, I don't think she knows where she is at this point. Who cares what Cher thinks? But I'll quote what Dean tweeted. It would be very helpful if some of these celebrities who fawned over Andrew Cuomo fessed up to their terrible judgment and apologized to the women and families affected by their tone-deaf comments last year. But they won't. In the darkest days of the pandemic, this is what Billy, Billy Crystal preened. In the darkest days of the pandemic, your daily briefings live from New York gave us hope gave us clarity, gave us the truth, and gave us something we were not getting from Washington, leadership. That's what Billy Crystal said during the height of the pandemic. Here's Chelsea Handler. This makes me want to regurgitate. I'm in love with Andrew Cuomo. Actually, this is what Cher tweeted. Chelsea Handler wrote an article for Vogue in March of 2020 titled, Dear Andrew Cuomo, I want to be your first lady. Out of the darkness, you, Andrew Cuomo, Walked into my life looking remarkably like the Incredible Hulk. Thank you, Andrew Cuomo. That's, again, Chelsea Handler. Thank you for reminding us that there are men who can lead and be clear and to tell the truth, even when the news is bad. This is, it's sickening. But they've been quiet, Chelsea Handler and Cher and Billy Crystal and Billy Joel, since he was sent packing. His political career went up in flames after the AG in New York I don't trust her either, concluded that Cuomo had broken state and federal laws while sexually harassing and retaliating against female subordinates. Where is Billy Joel now? Is he singing Cuomo's praises or Billy Crystal or Cher or Sarah Silverberg, Silverman, whatever her name is? No, they're quiet. They should be quiet. They should have been quiet last year. Uh, Senator Rand Paul, I love Rand Paul, and he's out every day with uh, some kind of a comment or uh comment from from the floor of the senate or he puts out these uh these press releases and and i get them in my e-box and and he talks about ivermectin now Rand paul got 
coronavirus early on. He's got natural immunity. Some people say the immunity lasts a lifetime. And the more I read about it, I think I'm in that camp. I'm certainly no immunologist or virologist, but I think for some people, their uh, immunity could last them for the rest of their lives. But Rand Paul said researchers won't study ivermectin because of their hatred for President Trump. They're clouded by it. There's so much bias because of Trump took ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. Paul said he's in the middle on whether ivermectin should be used and he wants more research done. Now, the FDA and the CDC are asking people to avoid ivermectin because, first of all, it's used to deworm horses and cows. I, I worked around horses for several years. I used to train standard bred horses. And they get wormed periodically. And I guess this uh, ivermectin is used to deworm horses and cows. But they won't even study it, researchers, as a potential COVID treatment because of their dislike for former President Trump. The Cincinnati Inquirer first reported on the remarks Paul made at a town hall event for 60 people. He held uh, back at Cold Spring City Council back on the 27th of August. He said the hatred for Trump has deranged these people so much that they're unwilling to objectively study it. He's on the fence in ivermectin. I didn't know that it was a a dewormer. I I don't know if I'd take it knowing that, but I mean, it worked for the president, President Trump. He's not pushed ivermectin, but he's advocated for using hydroxychloroquine to treat COVID. That's what he was using, hydroxychloroquine, but we're not allowed here in New York State. I don't think so. But scientists are studying this ivermectin as a coronavirus treatment. But in, uh, in, in this country, the National Institutes of Health is conducting a large late-stage trial to see whether ivermectin can help people with mild or moderate COVID-19 cases feel better more quickly. It's, in other words, it's, it's a uh, therapeutics. That's it. Therapeutics. I mean, why won't governments, state governments, permit people suffering from COVID to use therapy, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, whatever? to ease some of the symptoms. Why are they forced in many cases, not in red states, but certainly in blue states, to get vaccinated? And they get vaccinated passport or vaccine passports. Where are your papers? It's like pre-Nazi, it's it's like Nazi Germany, 1938, pre-Holocaust. That's where we're headed in some of these blue states because these Democrats, these Democratic governors are authoritarians because they're, I think I used this word earlier in the show, they're Bolsheviks, they're Stalinists. They, they just don't want us to make our own decisions. It doesn't matter whether the, the vaccines are safe or, or effective. I'm not talking about the efficacy. They're certainly effective. And I think for the most part, they're safe for most people. But we should make that decision for ourselves. We should not have it forced upon us. That's the issue. Say, if you want to really check out some fine programming, go to the bmgnetwork.com. We have this program for you, the Pac-Man Show. We also have the Ken and Mike Show. They do live on, they were doing it live Tuesday night, a live Facebook show. They have, a, I think, a YouTube channel now. Got Ken and Mike. You got uh, Ken Burns going solo with the Ken Burns Show. Mike Hansen goes solo with Miked Up. And uh, Kristen Coons with uh, Set Apart. And, of course, Adrian Ross with the Adrian Ross Show. All those shows, every day a new show for you. And also we do columns. We do the PAC perspective. I have, I have a new column up uh, on the on the uh, network. And it deals with Biden and the uh, Afghanistan uh, situation. So check it all out, the bmgnetwork.com. Thanks for tuning us in. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. 
The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.